Welcome to Keep It Real, the podcast where we explore ways to navigate our own reality in a world of fake news. That's not by accident, that's a design technique. Filters, it's like an enhancement. where falsehoods travel faster than the facts. So how do we stay grounded in a world where perfect seems possible at the tap of a button? I think it's more just to make it look, I guess, more pretty. I'm Ruth Royal. And I'll be joined by my guests as we discuss what it means to keep it real. This week, I'm joined by Rhea. Rhea is a vocalist, songwriter and DJ. She's taken home the award for best drum and bass vocalist not once, but twice. And her debut album, Sublimation, received global success. Rhea's songwriting touches on subjects that have resonated with me. And I wanted to find out more. Let's talk about the Keep It Real movement first, because that's that's how we met, really, wasn't it? It is how we met. But I know about you long before. I love your voice. <laughs> and your lyric, right? I've secretly been stalking you, Ruth. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, well, it was really, I, I felt like really um, inspired, actually, by when you got involved in the movement, because it was it was never intended to be what it was actually it was just kind of me venting about something on online and then everybody joining in but I remember when you first kind of took part and were like yes I'm behind this and you started getting really involved in the Facebook page I was like oh my god this is like amazing heavyweight singer that's just like coming in and being like yeah I'm gonna support this and uh it made me feel really special so that oh, thank you for doing that that I'm was glad. amazing because you are very special <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> Um, but what was it about the Keep It Real movement that drew you to it? What was it that kind of sparked your interest? Um, I think it's two things. It's it's sort of um, a motto that I try and live my life by now. Hence why my Instagram account and my Facebook account's called Reality. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a long, lifelong sort of practice to get to that point because, you know, growing up, I had like a really difficult time. I had a lot of body issues um I was bullied at school because I wasn't the cool kid in any way and um I had like a whole series of like body issues and I had two eating disorders and stuff as well so I think at one point I know at one point I was four stone in weight and like I'd been told by a doctor that I had one week to live um and it's been a long sort of journey coming back from where I was, where I was kind of obsessed with my body and how I looked and exercising as a result of all the bullying and stuff that I went through. But to sort of just to learn how to um, like myself for who I am and to love myself for who I am. Um, and it's not always easy and you have those little voices in your head. But the thing that's helped me cope along the way and the thing that's helped me get through um, is to have healthy influences and environments that encourage you, uh, free of judgment, um, and that allow you to sort of talk these things through or to challenge your thinking in a healthy, positive way. And that's kind of where the keep it real thing comes in. It's, um, it's that kind of space. And I just thought it was an amazing thing that you were doing to create that space for people that have experienced that or are going through that. Because um, let's face it, you know, it's, we, have, we are our own worst enemies. And we can say the most horrible things to ourselves. So having people that can help you with that. But on top of that, just having a space that challenges the unrealistic, um, unhealthy expectations that are out there in the world 
um, is important. We need more of that. So hats off to you, Ruth, for sort of doing this because it's brilliant. Honestly, we need more of it. And yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for it, as I'm sure everybody in the group is as well. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear that. I mean, you were saying you were at one point you were four stone in weight. And that, I mean, that is such a drastic point, I guess, I know. To, to get to. It's crazy. Mm. What was what was the turning point to kind of get from there to where you are now? Because you just to look at you now, you, you would never think that, you know, you would never think that you have um, that, you know, that kind of vulnerability. You always come across as so strong and so sure of yourself. And, you know, how did you get from that to, to where you are now? Well, firstly, I'm definitely not sure of myself <laughs> and I am very vulnerable. And it's amazing that it comes across that way because I don't always feel like that. But um, I think I just remember having this conversation with a doctor and just realizing that this is not how I wanted to live my life mm. and that um, the things that had been told to me aren't true and that I can choose to think different things and I can choose to have a different life. And, you know, I loved music at the time. Music was my therapy. and. Um, I remember thinking that I wanted to make something of it. I wanted to make something of my life. Mm -hmm. And so the motivation came to change things because, you know, it's a pretty depressing place to be. And when I was, when I was four stone, I didn't see anyone. Um, I avoided going out for meals. The people are, there was, my whole life was so different and it was a really sad place to be in. And I just knew that that isn't the life that I wanted. Um, and I needed to, to build healthier coping mechanisms of what was going on in life mm. um and so it was that decision that just led me to then try and have a really healthy relationship with food and that's when I got into well-being and um my passion for that started there and I started learning about healthier practices like meditation and organic food and sound therapy and all sorts of stuff to help me cope with it um, and yeah, as I say, it's been a daily, daily practice, but I feel so much better for it now. And I've got a really good life. And and I think if I hadn't made that decision then, well, I don't know what would have happened. You you mentioned sound therapy. I mean, I think the whole journey actually of kind of the the, the methods that you use or the tools that you you use to, you know, get to, to build that strength and get where you are now. Um there's some really interesting things in there, like the wellness stuff, the nutrition, but I mean the sound therapy can you talk more about that because that just sounds fascinating <laughs> I've got to sound like I know what I'm talking about now <laughs> <laughs> just for me just oh. <laughs> um well I came across it like I say when I was going through a really stressful time in life but not just then as an adult as well when I moved to London um I remember seeing adverts everywhere for things called sound baths and I was like what the hell is that like how do you bathe in sound I don't really get it um, but I was intrigued by it because it said it was a, a really good way to sort of aid relaxation, reduce stress, make you feel better about life and all that sort of thing. And I thought, great, sign me up. I want to know more about it. And um, I remember going to these sound baths, which had lots of crystal bowls, you know, made from quartz crystals and different types of crystals. And you can play them and they create these beautiful sounds, really relaxing sounds. And you have an hour of time to yourself where you just lie there and you listen to this very melodic, um, it's almost like a piece um, where the ladies playing all these different instruments, different sounds, it's like a song almost, and it's so relaxing. And I'd come out of them feeling re-energized, rejuvenated. Quite a lot of the oh, wow. emotional issues I was experiencing, like stress, 
um, or just problems, challenges that I just couldn't seem to solve myself. Um, I'd come out of them and I'd, it's like all of that had been released and mm. I could solve these challenges that I couldn't before. And, and that then led me on to thinking, right, I need to learn more about this because obviously I was heavily involved in music anyway. So it wasn't too far a step to then learn about sound therapy, which is just mm. a different application of music and songwriting and everything. So I started training in it, um, I think it was about a year ago now. And it's, it's, it's very technical. It is rooted in science. Um, and in the fact that everything in the universe is vibration. I mean, you probably heard like Albert Einstein and yeah. that guy, Nikolai Tesla talking about that. Um, there's a famous quote, I think about it. So it's very technical and I've had to learn a lot about the scientific side of sound frequencies and how to use them to treat certain ailments. And I've still got a long way to go, but I absolutely love it. And all the people that I've done little case studies on, like my friends and my family, um, it's just amazing to see the transformation. Mm. Like you can go from little things like just having a pain in your muscle and then you'll, I'll use certain instruments and then it will all be gone to then having like deep grief or deep uh, emotional trauma and that'll be lifted. Mm. And you just cannot believe what, I can't believe what I've seen with my own eyes that this can create. So yeah, um, I'd really recommend it to anybody that hasn't tried it. If you this love music especially. I, th- I feel like, Certainly my personal experience of music and, and songwriting is is such a, a therapy for me. And, yeah. you know, obviously sometimes it can get a bit self-indulgent when I'm just kind of writing to, to work out what I'm feeling. But, you know, sometimes... I'm right there with you, Ruth. Yeah, that's, that's sometimes how I figure out how I'm feeling. And I don't yeah. realise what's happening until I write about it. And there's some things that I sing, but I never say, you know, but I'll put all this stuff in a song and I'll go, oh, great. Oh, that's figured that out. Great. Okay. And I just think if I didn't have that outlet, I'd be in such a different place and, I, and I'd have, I wouldn't have as much understanding, I guess, of, of how I relate to the world. And, you know, I mm. think people, you don't have to just write music to do that. I think people do that through listening to music and, you know, mm-hmm. but the, it's so, it just ties together so well, doesn't it? Therapy and, and music. And so many people say it. Um, it does. It this does lead on because this is something that I wanted to talk about um, with you. Is is your album sublimation? Oh and yeah. I know. I know that you. You know you have an, an interest in psychotherapy, and obviously you've, you're doing the sound healing stuff now. So can we talk a little bit about that? Tell, tell us about your album and kind of where that came from. Yeah, I mean that album um, at the time. Uh, I was training, I I was doing a year's worth of training in psychotherapy. I didn't know if I wanted to be a counsellor, but um, I was certainly really interested in it. And kind of tying back to my body issues, um, I'd had a lot of counselling. I found the process very useful. And so it was one of these things where I was very drawn to it, wanted to know more about it, just just to sort of help my relationships as well and my understanding of myself, essentially. Um, And so... As part of the process, you have to do therapy. I was doing like one session a week so you can learn like what it's like to be counselled if you do become a counsellor. And in these sessions, at the time I was writing my album, um, I'd I'd only just started it and I didn't really know what I was going to call it. I didn't know really what it was about. It wasn't meant to be like this concept thing. But I was talking about it in my sessions saying how I use music like you, Ruth. You know, it's my therapy. It helps me work out what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. Um, and my counsellor said to me, 
do you realize what you're doing is called sublimation which is the name of my album um and I was like no <laughs> what sublimation he said well it's um a positive defense mechanism it, it helps you cope but it's a very positive way of dealing with negative feelings or trauma or experiences that you've been through. And it's very typical of songwriters for artists that they're all sublimating or let's say um, uh, a sports person will channel their anger into like kicking a football or, you know, those types of applications, it's all sublimation. And that was just like a real light bulb moment for me. Mm -hmm. Like I just, you know, I always knew that I was using music therapy, but I didn't know there was a word for it in the way that I was doing it. And, um, and so that's sort of how it all came about. And, and from that point on, because I was quite early into the album writing process, it kind of helped me then think about what else I was going to write about. And it yeah. gave me a concept, I guess. And a lot of the songs, um, I think some of them are quite sad, actually. In fact, I think a lot of my music is sad. <laughs> because well, it's okay. the way it's the way it's the way it's a way to channel it isn't it yeah but I do remember one I mean it's only one comment I've ever had of um this lady saying that um I love that Rita but everything she writes is so depressing oh god they really last with you though don't they that you you know people say something that's a throwaway comment and you just think oh god and you just can't forget it yeah yeah and I'm still talking about it Uh, um, it's, it it does music does become this channel though and you know if you if you're in that space or that's what you're needing to talk about then that, but you know saying that some of the most depressing songs have got me through something that is very depressing because that's what I need to hear to get it all out my system and that and that's and the thing like bangers 100 <laughs> and I can't really change the way I write but I, but you know what she helped me out because from that comment I then did think about maybe I might try and write some other happy stuff but I still Mm. and it has helped me change the tone of some of my songs so you know all of these things are here to help us aren't they and I am grateful for it at the same time you're listening to keep it real if you'd like to get in touch with us you can find us on facebook by searching keep it real if you want to find out more about me you can find me on instagram at ruth royal vocals One of the things that I see on your social media that I think is fantastic is how real you are, how you don't seem to edit pictures. You know, you put yourself up doing what you do. Is that something that you do intentionally or is that something that is just kind of a happy accident or is there something behind it saying this is a message that I want to put out? No, I don't like, yeah, I'm glad you've noticed. Thank you, because I do feel a duty to try my best to be a positive influence online and not try and add to all the fake news noise. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us all. And I, social media has definitely made me feel less than, you know, mm-hmm. I found myself, I've actually started to write a song about it because I found myself over the years just sort of scrolling through stuff and then comparing myself and, and coming away from it feeling less than, and I don't, I don't want to be part of that problem for anybody. Um, it, it can be really scary sort of putting myself out there and I found that on the most but I found on the most part that people really really appreciate it um and it can actually be really empowering to be brave and to say something like that and just to put it out there mm-hmm. and it has actually helped boost my self-esteem as well so um I mean for instance a few years ago um 
I was I was experiencing hair loss and I was having hair extensions put in and I posted about that on my social media page because I didn't want anyone to look at my photos and think wow she's got really amazing glossy long hair and that you know and then for them to feel bad about themselves yeah and not know that it was hair extensions you know so because I've looked at people before on, on social media and thought the exact same thing to then find out that it's all fake and it's all been like added onto them and it's not real and so I don't want to put any fake message out like that. That mm-hmm. said, though, I do love a filter. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I do, you know, I do I do like that side of it, but I think it's just being aware of your intentions mm-hmm. and um, I think what it's that, doing or not doing. With the extensions as well, it's like being honest about what you're doing. You know, I, you know, I love beauty products. I, I really into, Yeah, me too. Yeah, I really into getting dressed up. I love putting on makeup. It's that, it's that kind of balance isn't it it's, it mm-hmm. if you're in if you're in a position where you're in the public eye you know musicians performance trying to be both sides of that I think is really important um saying yeah sure let's have some fun let's get get all made up and and put hair extensions in and do this that and the other but also saying it's also okay not to do that and I think that's really you know I know some people hate people saying this but it, it is really brave to do that um especially with hair I feel like hair is a very emotional thing for women you know it's this it's oh, definitely expression isn't it a lot of yeah, the time yeah 100% no matter what people say it is <laughs> it gets commented on when it's in the wrong place and when it's in the right place and all this kind of thing and uh, so to do that I think is I think is really great and brave of you to do thank you yeah and like I say it was it was very empowering for me as well and and you know what I got what's come out of it which I never expected to happen is that I've had people message me who were going through it themselves Mm. asking for advice and I've been able to help people in that way and I've had conversations even like a month ago where I've had men and women messaging me saying you know I'm going through this what did you do what helped you how are you where you are now and so Mm. I, I wouldn't if I hadn't have done that I wouldn't be helping those people in that way so yeah I just say now I just try and talk about whatever I feel if I'm scared to put it up there, I just do it anyway because I feel that something good's going to come out of it, whatever. It is empowering. I think it's empowering when you make the decision yourself. When I made the decision to stop using filters and to be what I am on, on Instagram, I started to feel more positive about myself. Like I felt more confident to post pictures because there's almost a defiance in it because you're like, yeah, this is what I look like and this yeah. is how I am. And I'm really happy with that. And you know, sometimes I have, I do get some messages that aren't very nice. And I have had a, a little bit of that, unfortunately, but it, you, it makes you even more kind of like, well, fuck this. This is what I'm, this is who I am and what I look like. And I'm really sorry that you feel the need to comment negatively on other people. But the most overwhelming response I've had to that is positivity. And it's people being yeah. like, this is so um, inspiring. And like, you know, it's made, given me confidence and you know, I've had people right from the beginning of the Keep It Real campaign, I've had people contacting me personally, telling their own experiences with filters and their own experiences of, you know, how they've lost confidence in this and how this is giving them confidence. And it's like, yeah, that is worth posting about that if that's going to make people feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's why I say, Ruth, like what you're doing is really amazing. And um, I'm glad that it's given you confidence and all that sort of stuff as well, because um, you're definitely giving that to others. Let's talk about the track that 
came out recently um, that you actually did for charity. Yeah, that song is called No Words and it came out on Spearhead. Um, big up Spearhead. Say, yeah, big up Spearhead, the Vanguard Project, Fred B. <laughs> <laughs> um, we came together to write that song um, to raise awareness of suicide, um, which staggeringly takes 125 men every week in the UK. It's one of the biggest killers of men. And so we felt that we wanted to talk about that, especially as we had each experienced it on some level with mine being more recent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so the song, kind of like what we've been talking about, music being therapy, the song was like a tonic, an outlet for that experience to find the words to talk about something where there are no words, hence the song title, you know, it's an incomprehensible situation. Um, but it helped us and we hope that going through it will will help others. They will resonate with it in some way and it provides some sort of comfort um, mm. to know that they're not alone because it can definitely feel like that. Mm. Um, so as you say, we released it in collaboration with a charity, a suicide prevention charity called Calm. Um, they are doing great, great work to help people that are, considering suicide or they're survivors of suicide so all the money from the song streaming and sales goes to them for two years from all of us so if if you haven't heard it people please go buy it listen share it because Mm. it's all going towards a really 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 good cause and hopefully it will save someone's life so you can get it from the spearhead band camp or the real music band camp i mean if you're streaming it it's on spotify and all the streaming sites but it's better if you buy it because the charity will get more money from it, you know, and that's what it's a donate what you feel as well. So yeah. whatever you can afford, just donate what you feel. And um, so give them a tenner. Um, yeah. hundred quid, <laughs> a thousand pounds. Um, but the website calm, the charity calm, their website is the calmzone.net. Yeah. But they're all on social media and stuff as well. And they have um, a helpline for people from, I think it's from 5pm till midnight, 365 days a year. So it's all on their website and you can find out more about them, but they're an amazing, amazing charity. Yeah. Please support the cause. Brilliant. Well, it's an absolutely stunning track. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, It's interesting as well, the, you know, the male perspective of this, because it, because I think the conversation of body positivity predominantly mm-hmm. comes from a female community. And, you know, it's, it, I think keep it real is a very female led movement, which is, which is great. And, you know, I, I'm really proud of that. Um, one of the things that I have recognized is this need for support of like male body positivity. And I've done quite a few posts now about male body positivity matters, um, you know, talking to, to men about how they feel, and guess you know men actually talking about how they feel and yeah I've had you know some of these messages that I've had have been from guys saying oh I'm not sure if this is a space that I should be in um you know on the on the Facebook page and things like that and me just trying to say no no this is totally you know an open space and all, all of that thing but actually realizing that men are needing to be encouraged a little bit more in this environment to talk about these things um and it is a subject, you know, that I don't know if it does get mentioned as much um, because I think it's considered a feminist issue, um, body positivity and, you know, the, the beauty industry and the unrealistic beauty standards, things like that. It, it is considered a, a feminist issue. But I do think that that creates a bit of an us and them thing, mm. which then makes the situation worse. So it's it's really great that that you're 
you know you're doing something that is encouraging men to speak and is encouraging men to talk about mental health um because it affects it affects everyone I think this this definitely beauty standard stuff of of faces that aren't even human and now what we're expected to look like you know <laughs> put a filter on and it changes everything to make you look like a doll it's like well of course you're not gonna look like that that's not what a human looks like but men are men are feeling it just as much aren't they are completely it's just that they don't feel that they like you said they can't talk about it mm. and actually historically have been raised not to talk about things shut up and put up and all that sort of stuff that's really unhelpful for your mm. mental health and that is why we're at a peak with suicide being one of the biggest killers of men because they feel they can't talk about their emotional issues and you know when I was talking about eating disorders so many men have eating disorders as well so many of these issues that affect us affect men and they shouldn't um and we need to be including them in the conversation too and for them encouraging them to speak up it's so Mm. important it's not gender specific none of these things are in the same way that mental health affects everybody it all affects us yeah. You know, we're humans at the end of the day, yeah, aren't we? We all exactly. feel. So you've just had a track that's come out recently. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that tune, where we can find it, and a little bit about the songwriting, maybe? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's called Invisible, and it's the vocals of myself and Colette Warren. Shouts to Colette. Whoop, whoop. And it's whoop, whoop, shouts to Vidim and Hadley, who are on production. Um, yeah, so Colette and I are writing a lot more together at the minute, and um, she's one of my best friends. Mm. As you probably heard us in the Mike Diary. Yes, um, I love that podcast. Yeah, go and check it out, the Mike Diary. Go and check it out, people. Yeah. Um, and when we get together, we like to just talk about things that we've both experienced and write about those things. And um, one of the first tracks we ever wrote was called Peace of Me, and it came out on my album, and it was all about bullying, how we both experienced bullying in some way and how people want to take a piece of you and they don't realise the effect it has. This one, Invisible, is um, about how you can feel invisible a lot of your life, like you're not noticed, um, and then you'll meet the one person or a group of people can make you feel like you're completely seen and you're completely accepted for who you are. And maybe that's just about the way you see yourself, but it's very much about not feeling invisible anymore and the opposite of that. I feel like that should just be like the keep it real theme tune. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, oh well, I'm looking forward to that. If any of the topics in today's podcast have struck a chord with you, and maybe you feel that you need to speak to somebody, you can contact CalmZone at thecalmzone.net or you can call their helpline on 0800 58 58 58. You can also call Samaritans and they're always there to talk. Call Double one six one two three. Remember, it's always better to talk. On this podcast, we're kind of trying to explore the antidote as well as talking about the issues here. And um, one of the things I'm getting all of my guests to do is answer a question at the end um, or tell us what would be your advice or what would be your message to the younger generation, the next generation. Um, I think I think it's just to have a healthier relationship with social media you know and I think if it's causing you issues and um, making you feel unhappy to readdress the balance with it and unfollow those accounts that are not making you feel good um, and start to follow the people that are making you feel good and find those accounts that make you don't make you question yourself that make you feel confident and boost your self-esteem and things um and that you do have control of of the of 
those elements in your life. And it, the more time you can spend coming aware of that, what makes you unhappy and what makes you happy and trying to put more of that into your life, um, the healthier and happier that you will feel. That's certainly something that I've had to practice doing a lot of my life to, to readdress the balance. And yeah, it's one of the things that's been the most powerful for me, but also filling your life with healthy influences, people, um, generally just all that make you feel good. Signing up to this Keep It Real group, because <laughs> that's a positive influence as well. Um, yeah, I think that would be it in a nutshell. And go and follow reality, because that's certainly a positive influence. Oh, thank you. Yes, follow me, people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for a start, that's a good social media. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing advice. And uh, thank you so much for coming and talking to me. Oh, no, thank you. Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Ruth. Keeping yeah. it royal, keeping it royal. Keeping it royal. <laughs> Love it. I know the both of us You've been listening to Keep It Real. With me, Ruth Royal, and my guest, Rhea. You can find Rhea on Instagram at reality. At underscore R I Y Ality underscore. If you want to find out more about Keep It Real, you can find us on Facebook. Search Keep It Real. Join the movement. I'll be stored in the sky, and now it's war to decide. Impossible, let mixing water with fire. I hold my strength, on which you grow to remind. The cards are stolen, required. I cross my fingers, hitting walls of a tire. I knock them ponder on the reason.